Welcome to another edition of Sawdust and Gin. This is episode 30, which is so exciting. 3-0. It's like the age where you become a real adult. Is it? Is That's that what the- I always thought. I think I'm wrong because I'm getting close to 30. I'm 27, so. <laughs> God. I mean, I'm 25 still. But I always thought that being an adult was like a distant idea that couldn't have an age. I like that. We're going to keep it like that. I mean, let's be real. It's just because I've met so many children that are in their 30s. That will be me. That is not a subtweet at anyone. <laughs> anyway, uh, episode 30, very exciting. I think this makes it like seven episodes together, which is still awesome. I just, I'm really excited. And I think hopefully, and you agree, that we've been getting better and better uh, each time. I definitely think that. I think technology has been on our side. I just updated GarageBand, which is helping a lot. Um, but in general, I think, yeah, we have just become better at uh, talking in microphones. Although we had previous experience. Yeah, so you're both actually DJs for WVUM, which is our college radio station in Miami, which is pretty incredible also. I mean, obviously, you should listen to us first, but after you listen to us. Yes, I highly recommend that. Um, yeah, so but we have experience talking to invisible audiences, so this is like a cakewalk. Um, well, so today uh, it's October 8th. We recorded another episode. That's the only reason I'm saying the date. It's because we recorded that in the past, and we're going to be releasing it after this. So don't get confused. It doesn't matter. I'm sure nobody cares. Um, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to reflect on an event that happened recently that kind of, I think, has shaken all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the tragedy at the Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival in Las Vegas, um, which I don't think anybody knows the name of that festival. I was actually, it was interesting because when, when Zoe mentioned this festival, I went, oh, a new festival. She goes, no, 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 that was the Las Vegas incident. And I thought, I no one ever says the name. So yes, nope. that is the very long, complicated name of yes. that festival. Yes. And I only learned it this morning reading the LA Times, to be fair. <laughs> um, but uh, what I wanted to bring up was kind of what was brought up in that article. Um the title of it. Let's just start with the title of the, the, the damn article. It was called Country Artists Rethink Gun Laws. And I feel like that says a lot. Um, I We've talked extensively about country music on this podcast, which I don't mean to like talk down. I really, I have I, the utmost respect for all genres of music. Yes, we are not, I was gonna say we're not country music haters at all. And no. But I think that one of the things we've talked about is just how different country is from it's a very interesting subsect from the rest of sort of the music industry in terms of what the audience looks like subject matter things like that yeah and like commercialization getting on the radio it's so different like the gatekeepers are different it's all just so different i also don't want to be like too political but this does bring into uh the light gun laws and gun regulation um and so basically in this la times article uh It talks about how country artists are kind of uh, brazen about guns. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the Josh Abbott band. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably saw there's a series of tweets that Caleb Keeter, who's the guitarist for the band, uh, that he sent out. I think it was right after, like in the moment, like what Mm -hmm. was going on. Um, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. But um, essentially, there's a series of tweets that read something along the lines of, We had legal firearms on the bus, but we couldn't touch them for fear the police would think we were responsible for the massacre and shoot us. And, I mean, 
I feel like this is a watershed moment. Like, obviously, we're talking a lot about gun regulation because of this, but it's not like we've never talked about gun regulation before in light of other gun attacks. Um, But this does seem to be one that's changing everyone's mind. Uh, The NRA is all of a sudden backing this policy that's going to limit... uh, it's, it's going to regulate guns in a way, which in itself is just crazy. Exactly. And I think it's just really fascinating um, about country artists rethinking gun laws because it's also, um, again, the population that um, tends to listen to country music definitely tends to be um, more, again, more conservative and yeah. more uh, pro-gun, more likely to own guns, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So I think it's very interesting from a standpoint to kind of see how this might change country music in terms of um, after this attack, what future country songs will look like yeah what artists will start to sort of stand for will we see a lot of country artists forming coming together to form um you know like a country artist for gun regulation that yeah type of thing. a political movement just in the country sect which you know it's actually kind of one of the only segments of the music industry that kind of doesn't take part in all these other protests that we mm-hmm. have going on yeah so it's definitely I think it'll be really interesting to kind of see from that angle what the next steps are for sort of the genre and um, what that'll look like sort of for um, for the songs they yeah. make and everything like that. And another thing that I think is going to be very interesting moving forward is looking at what does festival safety look right. like? Right. The security and even concerts. Like we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, but in LA, Golden Voice, I mean, Golden Voice does things all over the country. Um, but particularly I've noticed because I live here um, that a lot of their venues that they put on shows at like the El Rey and the Fonda, they all have metal detectors now. Um, and I, you know, they're portable. It's not like they're permanent. They're going to renovate the venues. They, I don't think they really can, but it just goes to show. I mean, but this was even just after the Bad Clan attack in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess hearkening back to this isn't the first time we've thought about this, but this does seem to be a really big moment because it did happen at the festival. I think another thing that's so striking about this is because it happened at a music festival, but it didn't happen in a music festival. This guy was not at the festival. He was not an attendee. And so it's so hard to think about the security in that respect. Absolutely. Because the thing is, too, it's what is the next step? For example, you can't just rifle through everyone's belongings at a hotel. Right. Um, and, for example... Um, one of the things I remember, you know, Zoe and I had discussed, you know, before we started recording was maybe we move festivals to like wider areas where there aren't buildings around, but then you say, how are you going to have a festival in New York City? Right. Or Zoe brought up a great point of Ultra. So Ultra Music Festival in Miami is downtown surrounded by very large buildings. Yes. Condos and hotels. So how do you, I mean, are you going to move the festival to another part of Miami? Which Ultra has has so many issues with where they are right now. I can't even imagine them trying to move. Miami is the city is not a fan of Ultra yeah, um, no. in any way, shape, or form. Um. So, so yeah. So it sort of brings into play a lot of questions of what does festival security look like moving forward, yeah. and how do you? Does it change where we hold festivals? Does it change? Um, how for example um yeah like will metal detectors become a thing now at every festival what does that look like so i think there are a lot of big questions we obviously we don't know the answers to them or sort of what this is going to be the next step in 
protecting people that go to this festival because it's such a joyous thing. And I mean, I think yeah. that's really one of the, I mean, there are so many horrible, horrible things. And I think one of the major things that made it so striking was here are people that are just here to have a good time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, I, it's really definitely, I agree, a watershed moment and really shocking. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see the changes that come both in the country industry and just festivals in general. Yeah. Just wa- also wanted to really quick talk about this article that was in ID, which is a channel on Vice. Um, they published this article and I don't even really remember what the impetus for the article was but they published an article titled why are there still so many guns in music videos and it's true like uh, beyond the obvious like rap songs they brought up like bad blood which is one it was funny as soon as zoe said that i thought oh yeah i didn't even notice (laughs) but it's true they're all walking around like you why i mean like i mean i get like the song is combative in a way but it's not combative like that it's not like you need a machine gun to settle your bad blood it's just crazy it's gotten real bad between katie oh, and tay my, well i mean it has though especially since that song <laughs> anyway but then okay and then i wanted to mention the other example that like sticks out to me uh high by the beach lana del rey this huge machine gun shooting down a helicopter that was unexpected crazy very unexpected you're like whoa that that's not what i expected right and it's like i i appreciated it because it was so unexpected and weird but at the same time i was like why is this happening like it doesn't need to be there does not need to be a gun in this video like and hmm. i think what's really interesting is just it i think it's a broader thing um just sort of in the u.s that we are just really fascinated by guns we have yeah. a lot of them we really seem to like them it's sure. just it's very interesting i don't i don't we we just we really like our guns here we do we do um swiftly moving away from this topic because it's depressing and swift taylor swift Hi. oh my god look at that it was a double transition <laughs> um so uh I wanted to talk briefly about this new music video from Ziemba. Um, you can find, I wrote an article about her last year um, when she released her album, Hope is Never. Um, but she recently, like last week, just put out a music video for her song El Paso, which honestly was one of my favorite songs on record anyway. It's a great song. But this video is amazing because it basically tells the history of El Paso and Juarez, which... I did not know before, um, well, I did not know before interviewing her last year, because she did explain this to me in the interview, but Juarez and El Paso, uh, which are sister cities that are across the border, they actually were one city, and the Texas border split them apart, and that's the only reason that they're two different cities, but basically the culture of both cities is one, like it's the same thing. Um, and the thing that divides them is obviously the border, and the border itself has created a lot of strife. Um, in the video, she talks about some of the history of it, like a very brief condensed history, a personal one because she did live there uh, for a lot of her life and a lot of her childhood. And then also just like a like a general historical account. Uh, but the most important thing that I took from this was that it focuses on women's stories. So like... Uh, when there were riots uh, at the border because of the quarantine policy that the U.S. Border Patrol agents were employing, it was women who were rioting. And, the, like, a woman started that movement. And then also she talks about, like, the plague of femicides that uh, are in Juarez, and it's a tragedy, and they never get investigated. And it's just all these women who experience this, like, sexualized violence. 
it's just a great video it's so informative it's pretty moving and it's also just so much fun the colors are so bold and the song is so great like i said before um so yeah i'll link it in the in the bottom of this podcast but uh yeah highly recommended such a great video so informative Excellent. And I've also had some things I've been listening to myself. So one of the albums, so this actually came out uh, in June and I've been listening to it ever since. So I'm sure you guys are familiar with Washed Out. It's the project uh, from Ernest Green. Uh, it's actually, yeah, it's a, it's a one of those one man bands. And it's more of sort of a chill wave type of thing. And I was really excited because uh, Mr. Mellow is this third album that came out this year. And it was really exciting because it's such a great development for Washed Out. So I really enjoyed Washed Out's previous two albums, especially their last one, Paracosm, which was in uh, 2013. So good. But I think what was really exciting was to see Washed Out really expand into a new level of instrumentation. There are horns, there are some really cool new things that you haven't seen on the other two albums. So I really liked uh, Hard to Say Goodbye is one of my favorite songs, and then Burnout Blues, which is pretty great because I listen to it at work all the time. So... I see that song and I'm like, yes, yes, I feel this. Uh, but it's, I would really highly recommend it. It's really great work music. It's very relaxing, really enjoyable. Um, and I think the the album just flows really well. Um, and I just, I can't recommend it enough. It is awesome. And then another thing I've been listening to is the new Foster the People album. So the new album, which came out not too long ago, is called Sacred Hearts Club. And I don't actually know the history behind that name or why they chose it. Kind of interesting. Sergeant Pepper's Sacred Hearts Club Band. I was laughing because Zoe had asked earlier, is, this, is it supposed to be like Sergeant Pepper? And I said, well, there are no weird clarinet solos in there, so... <laughs> There's, uh, there's none of that, but I thought, so this third album uh, really, I feel, returns sort of to their roots. Their first album came out in 2011, had pumped up kicks, all the songs that became really popular. And then once their second album hit in 2014, it was called Supermodel, and it was a little more experimental. It took me a longer time to get into it. It's definitely songs that are longer, not as radio friendly. I think Mark Foster was experimenting a lot more, and um, I enjoyed it. it. took me a little more time, but definitely not as radio friendly. So so what I think is really interesting is this third one is very poppy. I think it really returns sort of to the roots of these amazing poppy songs with a bunch of different influences in them. Um, but, but it really hasn't gotten a lot of radio play, which is really interesting to me. And I'm I'm very surprised. I'm really hoping that it it does because I think it's a great album overall. My Some of my favorite songs are Pay the Man, which is actually the first single off the album. Uh, there's a song called Lotus Eater and then one called I Love My Friends, which, Aww. by the way, I just like that Mark Foster writes about his friends That's all the time. So Best Friend was actually one of the singles off of Supermodel. Like, he really likes his friends. Aww. Mark, if you're listening... I would like to be your friend too. Um, yeah. So if you, if any of you know Mark Foster, I'd like to be friends with him. I uh, saw him outside of school night once. <laughs> that is Did I not tell so you that? cool. No. I definitely thought I had told you that story. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but I uh, I went with one of my friends and we walked out because we were just going to catch a lift home and uh, just leaning against a wall I think his friends were around him but he was like not like they were all in like a group and he was just like oh like kind of away leaning against a wall cool guy I want to be friends with him <laughs> that is such a great story I want to be friends I would be like will you be my friend and, and then he'll write a song like, about your friendship 
or he'd probably be like, could you please go away? I don't know you. <laughs> probably that. But uh, but yeah, so definitely I would highly recommend Sacred Hearts Club. It's really fun. Um, it's one, one interesting thing about Mark Foster. I could go on and on about him. I, I think he's really awesome. One thing is uh, the reason that there are a lot of influences in his music is because he actually used to write commercial jingles to make money. So he had to experiment with a lot of different uh, types of music. So it sort of uh, melded into that songwriting. So a lot of fun things. So both of those, Sacred Hearts Club by Foster the People and Mr. Mellow by Washed Out, highly recommend uh, you take a listen. Sweet, yeah. I mean, I did not listen to their second album, but I'm intrigued by the way that you described it. Yes, it's very much a Zoe album. It wasn't as much a Kylie album. Kylie albums are like short, poppy. Like, I think that Supermodel would be the Zoe album that you would that you would like. All right, well, we'll check back in on that later. Um, I did have one more very brief thing uh, to share with everyone um, because I just saw it on Twitter. Heinz are going to be in a movie that's literally it that's all i know i think that i think that because they took a picture with the clapboard yeah we don't know what it's called the thing that goes (laughs) literally that little (laughs) board it's like a little chalkboard and so then well i guess nobody uses chalk anymore but they had i think in the movie title slot i think it was called interrail I don't know though. No idea. Amber was dressed in like this towel, a giant white towel. That's all the information I have, and I thought it was fun. We're we're really excited. Heinz, by the way, is uh, this really fun band. So Zoe fun. actually introduced me to them. All girl band. They're from what country are they from? Spain. Zoe? Spain. Okay. España. España, and they're super fun. What would you call? Them? I call them kind of like girl rock, surf rock, like, like grunge rock. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're really fun. So yeah. we highly recommend you check it out. It's Heinz, H-I-N-D-S. Super fun. And yeah, apparently they're going to be in a movie. So we'll see them on the big screen. All right. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, you guys should also be looking forward to the next segment because we're about to transition. So last episode, we mentioned a pretty big a pretty big deal, uh, if we do say so ourselves. Um, Esperanza Spalding embarked on this adventure to record and to write and record a full 10 track album in 77 hours live on Facebook Live. And it was awesome. Oh, yeah. We watched it. We loved it. We ate it up. It was so awesome. I mean, it really was just like a lot happening at once. And it, what was one of the things that was really cool about it is I really think it shows uh, Esperanza's talent and her ability to be, very, to be very vulnerable. The creative process is definitely something that a lot of artists don't show until you know, they have the final product, the final album. So it was really interesting that she was able to let herself be open to this process. And it's it's a time-intensive and very interesting process. It was fascinating to watch her kind of tool around with different sounds, different um, different lyrics, different I mean, all sorts of different things. And just watching her, I mean, she is just, I mean, we are, I mean, you already knew she was mind-blowingly talented, but really just watching her on this stream made you just realize she just, I mean, not only is she an amazing singer, an amazing bassist, but her command of music theory is yes. unreal. I mean, she just was like, it's this chord, this chord, this chord. And we're not talking like C, E, G. We're talking like diminished, minor, sevenths, and all of the things that, I mean, it's like, it's very advanced, very yeah, advanced. Yeah, she, I mean, she's a... She's a musical genius. At least that's what I that's what I got from that video, that stream. I mean, watching her over 77 hours is 
exhausting and i mean like she okay she went to sleep we speculated we were like is she just gonna work through the night yeah she definitely slept and what was interesting was that she worked and as she slept the studio musicians came in and she basically gave them direction and they took it from there and they were amazing in their own right so talented everyone in the studio was so freaking talented so okay so basically like a quick overview if you guys didn't listen to the last episode she recorded that album um it was over 77 hours we uh talked about how seven was just like a biblical number and she did explain afterwards that uh it was basically yes it's a biblical term but it's also just like a significant number in a lot of cultures um and she's so right and so it makes sense 77 hours also 7777 copies hard copies are going to be printed of it it's currently being mixed um but uh yeah very limited time thing she wanted it to be a very special one-time event and what i think is cool about that is like yeah i think about music as being kind of like eternal like you can go back and listen to the same record and you can get something new out of it i definitely always seem to get new stuff out of music when i listen to it again but the music itself does not change whereas you don't have this you don't have you don't get to keep the moments in the studio like as the artist those are very fleeting moments mm-hmm. and uh esperanza wanted to share them with us and I, it was amazing it was amazing to witness i loved it she's so fucking smart i loved it, it and what's really interesting is the community that formed yes. around <laughs> this live stream so the live stream was on facebook and there were comments so people could comment and just the inside jokes that started one was really funny about so one of the producers whose name is Fernando Lodero. Was, so talented. He was like reading her mind. It was unreal. She would just say, I want, and he just would do it. Magic. And what was really funny was he just, I mean, he worked and busted his butt nonstop. So they actually made a little shirt for him, get Fernando a sandwich, which was just yes. so. Because he specifically worked through like their lunch break, correct, right? Yes. Yeah. Get Fernando <laughs> so a sandwich. Funny. And it was just really entertaining to watch this community spring up around this, um, this live stream event. And what yeah. was funny was you had also what was really entertaining was Angry Ray was was the name of the pianist yes. and he was I mean he was phenomenal every every musician was phenomenal but he was like something else and people put those little angry faces yeah the reaction and what was really funny was that other people in the chat room were saying things like don't be angry why are people so angry and yeah like they were trying having to... to keep re-explaining that there are all these cute little inside jokes it was just yes. really cool to see this community come so up around cute. this project and it was really mesmerizing i i specifically said oh i'm gonna watch it for an hour that turned into like three and a half hours yes. and it was past midnight and i was like kylie you gotta go to bed <laughs> Yeah, and that's funny because, like, even outside of that, like, on Twitter and stuff, there would be memes like that. It would be like, can't stop watching. (laughs) It's so funny. It was just a really phenomenal experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see if – I think this is – I I would love for other artists to do this. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of – especially those very curated pop artists would ever – open themselves up to do this but I really wish they would because I think that it would just give this really fascinating like for example I think Lady Gaga would be fascinating to watch in the studio um especially those who are kind of like writing their own songs doing just very involved in the process so I think that it would be really cool if other artists would follow suit I mean it's very challenging and taxing obviously I mean 77 hours is a very short time to do anything much less write a whole album I mean it was definitely like it's an intensive project to the metal 
But what I also think might be interesting is if maybe this encourages other artists, maybe it's not live streaming the entire album, maybe the process, maybe a song, maybe just yeah. a, a more inner work, like a, an inner part of the process because people ate it up. Yes. I mean, what I think is so interesting is like, I don't think of, I think of studio time as being tedious and boring and not fun for anyone. But this kind of showed me like, that is not true at all. It does make me wonder though, is it still true for other commercial musicians maybe? Because I think about the stories that I know of like old bands like in the 70s, like they're on label and they're on a contract with the label uh you gotta have a 10 track uh lp oh you only have nine songs so write another one and then it's just like and so we wrote another song and it's just like that's not very exciting there's not really a spark there it's just like a boring thing but this it totally turns out on its head like you see the sparks for each song like she got inspiration from literally everything and you saw it all happen and unfold and not only like the writing but like going through each instrument like you were saying like she has such a mastery of it that especially when she would go to the bass which i think is her primary correct thing. yes and so, and I mean, watching her with the upright bass is just insane. She really, I mean, it's yeah. amazing that she just had this vision in her head and you see yeah. her kind of playing around with the chords and making sure, you know, she gets it right. And it was, it was really just a really fascinating thing to watch. And I'm just very hopeful that other artists will follow suit. Agreed. I mean, uh, it also was like a good thing for her in that like, um, there's a lot of I don't want to say like how we kind of touched on this last time and I don't want to make it sound like she's money hungry but it's definitely a lot of points where it's like contributions to art and I think that's so important like not only are they making a very limited amount of these like as a very special run but they also had uh this artist Frank Geary who would make those sketches um and they were like all around the studio while they were doing this whole thing but he he did those sketches while they were kind of outlining mm -hmm. before they started recording and those are up they were up for auction um and that like raised money and it's just like a lot of ways where people can put their money where their mouth is where their passion is exactly and it's so important and i really appreciate that she did it in such a genuine honest way like i didn't feel like she was like taking my money unceremoniously i felt like i really wish i could have pre-ordered this so yes this is our only gripe uh, with this is that they sold out so fast so we're before really before the live stream even ended so we were really hoping that esperanza might just increase it to seventy thousand, maybe like 77,777 7 million like <laughs> it's just we're so sad because I so get sad. her idea of like it was a moment in time but it's still like but we want to experience it again I know and I was thinking like oh well at least you'll be able to have like the live stream on Facebook because those videos don't get deleted the video was removed so she really and, and I I I get, I get it. We get it. But it hurts our hearts because yeah. it was just so fun to watch, so unique, just watching this process come together and just hearing, and the songs were so great. And yes. they had some, uh, Andrew Bird actually was on one of the tracks yes. and that was amazing. Did they bring anyone else in? I wasn't, I don't think I was tuned in while anyone else was Yeah, yeah. I only remember Andrew Bird had just yeah. left when I, when I had tuned in right. and it was just so cool so our hope is that Esperanza if you're listening we would yes. really we get that you want it to be the moment in time but we need more moments we, do. we need more moments for you just do it again yes yes 
<laughs> make another yeah, album. Yeah, just make another one, and then we'll be I sure to pre-order it. I bet that girl slept it. so good afterward. Oh, my God. I'm sure. Well, did you see at the very end when they had, they brought in... Um, people from LA to like like it was like a secret to her she didn't know it was it was funny because when I was looking at the Facebook stream there was a pinned post from her page and it was like this is an admin we want to surprise Esperanza if you live in LA we'll DM you the address of the studio so you can meet us when the 77 hours <gasps> I are didn't up. see this so I was when I, I I was I was watching the final like when they hit 77 hours and they were like yay and they popped champagne and it was so cute and they did a cheers and then they were like Esperanza we want to show you something and then they walk her outside and these people are screaming they've got posters and it's like a like a real star moment but what sucked was that um so they had like a video crew who outfitted the studios with lots of different angles and stuff which was so cool and it really added to the experience of it um but they could not take those cameras too far outside of their radius and so they actually didn't get to follow Esperanza to like greet the fans, but she did. And it was like really cute. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just such an involved experience. Everyone really got to take part and I would love to next time. <laughs> yes, it was. Seriously, I really hope that other artists are inspired to do something like this and really show their fans uh, how they sort of create. Yeah. And because it, it was so cool and I really like that you talked about monetization because it is a really genuine way to say, hey, you know, here's this thing that I really want you to buy. And it doesn't feel like it's like, okay, they're just trying to get me for my money. It's wow, this is a really cool experience. It was very expensive to set that up. You had to set up all the cameras. You had all the people coming in and like they were busting their butts. Take my money. Fernando didn't get his sandwich. And like, you know, it's it's. It's really great. Yeah. So I overall, I think that I, I'm sure she felt it was a phenomenal success. Everything I know at the pre-order, I mean, everything sold out. There were at least, what, a thousand people watching at any given time, yes. which is pretty incredible, especially for an artist who doesn't have as big of, even though, I mean, she's won Grammy, she's well known in that space. She's definitely not like a pop artist. No, exactly. Um, which also, yeah, once we started ramping up towards the end, I saw we got to like, what was it, like uh, 4,000 people? Uh, yeah, I wrote down that there was a 3.9 thousand person peak, which seems like a lot of people. It really does. And again, especially for an artist that is of her, her uh, stature, we're popular in that realm but not necessarily right. in like the greater music world so yeah. and it, this got a lot of publicity so I mean yeah. everything from spin to I know NPR covered it yes. like definitely NPR very, loves her yes NPR <laughs> definitely loves her um but it was I really think overall total success Esperanza We'd love for you to do it again. We'd like, if you yep. sell more copies, we want some. Yeah. I mean, we'll take more of this, more of exposure or anything in the future, really. And I know this would totally defeat the purpose in Esperanza. We love your art. But I'm so hoping somebody puts it online. Oh, whoa. That's a good, that's a good point, Kylie. Oh, my God. We should keep an eye on eBay. Keep an eye on eBay or just keep an eye Esperanza, on. Esperanza, don't listen anymore. <laughs> on the interwebs. Somebody put it on YouTube, maybe <gasps> uploading the songs. Again, we, if you're listening, Esperanza, we apologize because we want we get your moment in time thing, but we're just we're just really we're rabid, rabid fans. fans. Jinx, jeez, Jinx that, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, exposure is awesome. We highly recommend. Uh, somehow actually, finding yeah, it. yeah, I somehow can't recommend anything. It. We're, we're Follow Esperanza online. I guess it's the only yes. recommendation I can do. Um, and while I'm saying that, you should follow Sawdust and Jen online. Sawdustandjen.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter. 
SoundCloud. And Zoe's legit now. She's got uh, some really great stickers, too. So if you email her and you say, hey, I really want a sticker, she will give you many stickers. I will. Oh, my God. Yes, please. If you want some stickers, I've got They're some really stickers. cute. She's done a great job with the stickers. So uh, uh, so we're, we're merchandising now. We're, yeah. we're, we're getting it everywhere. That's so right, yeah. guys. I've also got a PayPal account. No, I don't. But if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted to give me money, I could set one up. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah, so at, at the end. Oh, good. So at the end, we'll turn into sort of like the NPR week where we're we're just like give us donations please oh my god i hate i can't do it npr man kcrw oh they are like they are they are non-stop they are like we need that money we need it now it's like and it's very five minutes i know and especially they make it sound which we will not do though zoe would love if you uh would donate to her cause um and but yeah like npr makes it sound like they're gonna go off the air like tomorrow yeah yes. immediately if you don't give them money which is very effective so we're like oh my god i just need them to be quiet i'll give them money <laughs> it really does sound like they're just about to just cut everything Abs- off yeah mm-hmm. it, do- it definitely does and it makes me feel very guilty because i've never given them money you know what though there are so many things this is a random tangent this is what you'll enjoy from us uh i always feel guilty for not giving to wikipedia because i use it so often i did once I and gave them good. $5 because they guilted me into it. You know and what? I do use Wikipedia a lot. I use and Wikipedia I feel good all about the it. time. So I probably should be giving to that. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to email Zoe talking about what you liked about this or the things that you like to give to or don't give to that you should. You just email me your life story. I will read it because I have nothing better to do. And she'll share it with me. So yeah, I'll thor- definitely. I will thoroughly enjoy that. <laughs> Um, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to transition into our mix now. Um, but yeah, Esperanza Spalding, definitely follow her. Uh, I'm sure she's got a lot of great things up her sleeve. Um, but until then, this is Sawdust and Jen. My name is Zoe. And I'm Kylie. Thanks for tuning in.
Yo, what's up? It's time for the recap. Zoe here to play us out. Uh, this track is Holy Water playing underneath me now, and that is by a band called Watermelon. Prior to this, we heard Beautiful People by The Books. Before that, we heard Video Child from Many Voices Speak off her cute Away for All Time EP. We heard The Fury by Middle Distance Runner prior to Many Voices Speak, and we began the set and the show with I'm In Love by Um. That's with two M's, no more, no less. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and especially for sticking it out to the end. We really appreciate it. Uh, Follow the blog on Facebook and Twitter at Sawdust and Gen Everywhere. There's also SoundCloud, um, and it's also a Tumblr, uh, just FYI, sawdustandgen.com. Until next time, support your local music scene and never stop resisting.